Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, in a uh, different-looking podcast this week, Sponge. The definitely, Hurricane def- definitely. edition. Definitely. Yeah, Hurricane coming barreling down on us here, so it's, it's throwing all of our games out of whack. Yeah, man. yeah, we only had uh, two games this week after all the cancellations and postponements and everything. So uh, we'll get to those in a minute. But as we always do in the Varsity Podcast, we look back before we look ahead. And last week was really the official turning of the page to midseason sponge. Week five came and went, and uh, there were a few good ones last week. We want to want to talk about, and I think first one, a game I was at, a game you were at, Trinity Christian and Columbia. What are your thoughts on that game? Definitely a good game. Uh, we talked about Columbia all year being kind of a, a disappointment, right. a little underperforming in some of those games that they had early in the year, you know, losing that early game to Buholtz week one, and then the inexplicable loss to Union County. It was just kind of like, man, this team, I know they're good. They, mm-hmm. got, they got good players. They got name players. They just hadn't put it together. So this was really my first time seeing them, obviously, live and in color, and they were good. It's just kind of like it's like this record does not indicate how good this team is or could or should and would be. You got to hope that they find a way to kind of put it together. But yeah. they look good to me. No, they look I, good. Like I said, you got a star quarterback in my opinion, Tyler Jefferson, who's been really good in his whole high school career. Mm-hmm. He's kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, they got weapons on the outside. I know Trey Tolliver is coming off of a, a, a knee injury, so it's good to see him back out there on the field. Uh, Cam Fryer is elite speed, yes. and he's out of there when he gets the ball in his hands. And, you know, they've got big dudes up front. You know, they got a good defense. So, it's like, you know, obviously Trinity's a tough opponent. You know, they we talked about them being, like, one of the better teams here in the area. But I think Columbia, if they can find a way to figure some stuff out, they can be dangerous as the season goes on for sure. I think I think so. I, I like the Jefferson, Tyler Jefferson, Camden Fryer. I mean, they look so good. And Jefferson had probably three drop passes in the first half that would have gone for distance. No, trust. It, anytime, anytime Cam caught that little swing it was a screen, screen, a little it slant. Was, it was it, it, once he got outside, bye bye. I mean, it was like adios. That was crazy. I was looking at the numbers in that game, and you know, Tyler only completed nine balls. I think he was like thirty three percent, but he went for like three hundred yards. Yes. Pa- it was it was. It's insane, and uh, I was on the Columbia sideline for um, the first half of that game, and just amazing to watch that from that side of the field because you know, it was just that short little in pass yeah. every time. And uh, on one drive, I know he had back-to-back drops that probably would have – one of those would have gone for a distance if it was caught. But then the next ball to, to Cam, it went right back to him, just about the same play as they ran one play previously, and he took it to the house, yeah. like yeah, a 61-yard touchdown. Nine, he was 9-27 for 289. That's unbelievable. Three touchdowns. That's a video then, game. Then he also had an 80-yard run. You know, I think the key to that game was, you know, Trinity was always felt like they were in control. They were always up two scores, mm-hmm. it seemed like. Every time they got up 10, Columbia would answer and get, you know, make it a three-point game. The drive right before the half was where I thought Trinity could have kind of gave himself a little bit of breathing right. room. We, they went wildcat, and Trayon kind of just mishandled the snap, fumbled it right before. That was like the one-yard line going yeah. in would have put them up 10. And then Columbia scored coming out of the half, so it kind of you know cut the lead back to three, and then it kept, kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until finally Trinity got up by three scores before Columbia could score late in the game, and they got an onside kick and all that stuff. But for the most part, Trinity was in control of the game. They they didn't run it as good as they normally can. Obviously, they keyed in on trying to stop Trayon. He had, uh, I think, only 66 yards on the ground. I know uh, Darnell was over 100. Trayon did have a 65-yard run that got called back for a hold, but – Flip the script. Colin is really starting to progress yes. more and more as a passer. 
and he's definitely found a target in Miles Burris, who had five catches and three of them were for touchdowns. Yeah, that's, so. I've really, really been impressed with Colin Hurley seeing him last week. You look at Colin in week one, finding his way, didn't yeah. look good, offensive line not blocking, struggled in a shootout. I think he, he had a couple picks in that game, not yeah. a good game, nasty weather too. But, man, he, Colin Hurley, has really you – know, we've talked about him uh, quite a bit on the podcast, but he has really developed, and I don't know if it's comfort. I don't know if it's finally getting acclimated to that Gus Scott offense. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what it is right there. He's kind and, of starting to see what Gus wants, understands what he wants, and then, you know, the balance of having those two backs back there gives you a little bit of room. And then now that some of these receivers are working themselves yeah. open and it's, it's becoming a little bit more easier for yeah, him. Yeah, and he's – I mean, he's getting out of the pocket and – doing really well on the run. I mean, he's really he's not sitting in the pocket and, and becoming that just straight pocket passer. He's able to move. He scrambles. He throws on the run very well. Uh, even when he's pressured, he's able to kind of look down the field and find his target. So I think Colin Hurley, to me, is the wild card in this offense. And you know what you get with Darnell Rodgers and Trayon. Those guys are going to continuously draw the, the defense's focus. And if you get that softer coverage, if you get them um, kind of uh, spying that run game a little bit more heavily, Colin yeah. is going to just surgically pick him apart. And I think he's getting to that that point in that progress in his career where he's able to do that, and he's developing that that connection with Miles Burris. Miles yeah. has looked phenomenal. He's uh, probably the last three weeks of yeah, the season. He's he definitely came, he's definitely came on big time. I know uh, looking at the numbers too, Colin had he completed almost seventy percent for four touchdowns. So that tells you that he's completing high percentage balls. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the ones that he's missing are probably shots that, you know, could have been bigger plays. But I know when I'm watching it, our guys are getting open and he's finding those guys. Even, you know, getting out, like you say, getting out of the pocket, he's able to find, you know, Burris on, you know, sideline routes. He's hit Seth on some routes. Some other receivers are emerging as well as, as other targets. So the continuation of him developing, you know, the understanding of what Gus is going on and then, you know, just having the run game. I think is what's really setting that offense apart, and which is what I was, you know, you can't expect that week one, week mm-hmm. two, you know, it's got to kind of progress into it. So you're going to lean heavily on your run game, which is what they did early in those few games. So now as the season, like I say, lightens up, now you can kind of tinker with whatever you need to do. But I think definitely we talked before this was Trinity's got to step up on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they're going to have some not so great competition coming up, so the defense can pr- probably get right, but. You know, they gave up way too many chunk plays, way too many big plays, way too many, like, plays where, you know, you, you can't just allow a guy to catch a ball on a little five-yard route and go 70. Yeah, you just can't it, do you that. You know, Camden Fryer had a had a play, and, again, Camden's a, a darn good player, but I thought there was a play with Tyler Jefferson kind of heaved it in my direction down the sideline, and oh, Camden was yeah, there. and there went were, up and got it. There yeah. were two guys on him, yeah. and he had basically a one-on-one with the corner, and then the safety came over to help. Um, and he just abused the yeah. corner. And no, then, he went and up he, and got it. He stepped over the safety on the way to the end zone. So if you're Trinity, you got to bat those passes down. Yeah. Um, you, if you see that late in the season against a Chaminade type of team, you're going to have to be able to – you can't count on this offense continuously putting up 40, 50 points a well, game. Well, that was, that was like also on Jefferson's 80-yard touchdown run. Kyle had a good angle at safety. And he kind of just, in my opinion, you got to just knock him out of bounds, get him mm-hmm. out of bounds. He tried to kind of like get up around his neck and tackle him. He kind of just get off me, I'm out of here, and then went another 30, 40 yards. So if you would have got him out of, out of bounds or got him down, you know, they still would have had to drive another 30 to 40 yards. You don't give up an 80-yard touchdown. So you got to shore some things up on that defense, which is what I think they'll do. But, again, talking about having to play like a Chaminade with an offense like they got, 
you definitely gonna have to figure some stuff out. Yeah, and if you're Trinity Christian, you're Verlin Dormany, he knows exactly how important defense is once you get late in the season. I'd rather have a darn good defense yeah. at that point. Yeah. You look back, and I think 2000 or 99 was the state championship game against Frostproof. Don't even talk about it. And it's still the thorn in, in Verlin's side, <laughs> the highest scoring in team in state history up until uh, Apopka surpassed them. Uh, and then Trinity goes in that state championship game against Frostproof. You know, with Gus Scott was on that team. Um, really good Trinity team. I think he put up 70 in the in one of the regional rounds. Yeah. And you go in and get shut out 6-0 in that game. So as good as your offense is, you've got to get that defense prepared for playoff time. And you know, Trinity, this, the second half of the season, you're not going to see a lot of good teams. The schedule is really front-loaded. Um, you're going to see a University Christian team in mid-October that's going to decide district championship, provided any crazy upsets. And you see – you know, for for all of you know the, the season has gone by. UC uh, actually won this week's one of this week's two games that came to pass, 49-7 over Providence. So they are cranking. They're six and zero. Actually debuted at number three in the FHA point rankings, uh, power rankings in the state. Trinity was fifth. So that sets UC and Trinity up really for a collision course for that district title and probably a uh, a number one seed in the playoffs when the rankings. Are said and done. So that Trinity Columbia game to me was one of a, a very good ones, an entertaining game last week to watch. Another one that Bartram Trail St. Augustine. Yeah. Bartram Trail infamously lost the first 19 games in the series. They have now won the last five, including 59 37 last week against St. Augustine. Finally, the offensive performance kind of we wanted to see sponge. It's been a lot of defense for the Bears this yeah. season uh, in this 5 0 start. Um, had not seen that type of offense until last week. Definitely lit it up on the scoreboard for sure on the offensive side. When you, anytime you get close to scoring sixty, that means you had some things clicking, and they uh, definitely did. And you know they've kind of, like we said, owned that rivalry here in the last you know four or five years. Mm-hmm. So St. Augustine's kind of reeling a little bit. You know I know they lost some guys over the last two years. You know to graduation, and you know so they're they're kind of struggling a bit themselves. But they also have played a, a tough schedule. You know at the gate. But right now, you know, Bartram just they, – they're if they can find this on offense, mm-hmm. that's pretty good, you know, because we've seen their defense right. play and they've been shutting teams down. So if they're finding some uh, some some strengths on the O, they could be uh, trouble down the line for some of these teams in that district and we talked about. Man, it's that's a tough – that is a tough district. Another one last week was our game of the week. Creekside 37, Mandarin 27. Sponge, we talked about Creekside a good bit on, on the program and Mandarin a good yeah. quarterback. Um, Tramel Jones, good receiver, Jamie French, two underclassmen to watch. Um, but Creekside again has been a surprise team to me. I like them. They're like again. I I going into like last two weeks. You know, I'm, I've always been one of those guys of like you know Creekside's always good, but are they good? Mm-hmm. You know, how good are they? You know, who have they played? All that type of stuff. I will say I'm I've been thoroughly impressed with them so far this season. And you know, going into last week's game, we talked about how you know we just was like, okay, I love the matchup of what we you know. What is We've seen Creekside score a lot of points. How good is their defense? They're going to get challenged by, you know, playing a team that can can throw it, can, you know, stretch the field with uh, Trammell and those receivers over there at Mandarin. And they lived up to it. They, they obviously scored on offense, and mm-hmm. they, they held them down. You know, it was a pretty good game, you know, a 10-point yep. ten, game. So it was a two-score game. So it was back and forth. And, you know, they've kind of been a team of just we know how to win. And they've, they're have they finding ways to win. They're finding ways to win against good competition. Right. So, like, I – I think that, you know, winning that game up in Georgia, I think, definitely helped. And then kind of the just the way they were able to play 
with Buholtz, you know, because everybody's just been Buholtz, Buholtz, Buholtz. They're so good. They're so dominating. And for them to take them to the toe-to-toe, you know, the week before, I think that team's finding out a, a lot of ways to win. And, and now the, the matchup I'm really looking forward to is when they play um, Bartram. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the game that I've got circled that I want to see because I feel like, you know, Mandarin was going to be that good test. But I feel like now Creekside has actually shown their muscle to be like, hey, we can go. I think they to- believe. Yeah, I think they're I, believing. Definitely. It. And I, so now I think if I think Bartram's the best team in that district, you know, I think Creekside's right behind them. So whoever wins that one, I, I know they, whatchamacallit, starts to play Buholtz. So mm-hmm. Buholtz is still the king, I guess, until, you know, Bartram and Buholtz play. But I think Creekside's right there. So they've taken that step up to be like, hey, it's going to be one of the three of us winning this district, and then one of the three of us are going to be in that mix to mm-hmm. be in the playoffs. So I, Creekside's been great. Yeah, I, to me it's – and, again, you've got a huge game coming up this week, both Bartram, Creekside, Fleming Island, and Oakleaf. All four of those teams have huge games on tap in week six slash week seven. Um, we'll talk about those in a minute. Last kind of batch from last week. How about First Coast, 14-12 or West Side's the third straight win for the Bucks. And uh, their longest winning streak since DeAndre Johnson was quarterback <laughs> in 2014 just crazy. blows my mind. That's crazy, man. First Coast, they were always, you know, the last decade, they, they've they always been the team, the public school team. You know, the, now the kind of where Reigns is, you know, where Reigns has been kind of the top dog, you know, where Jackson's going, mm-hmm. where Riverside is, where Lee and Riverside were, were at, now where Ed White's at. You know, First Coast was that rule the roost, we're yes. the best team in, you know, Jacksonville. And it's totally kind of flipped to where they're kind of like they're chasing those guys now. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see them win three in a row. Yeah, very. it's a long, long time coming. I, if you would have told me back in 2010 that it would be, you know, a long time, eight, nine years uh, from their last three-game winning streak from 2014 to now, um, I would have said no way because First Coast was just riding that chariot really, really high uh, in terms of visibility and churning out players every year. Uh, and they have fallen off. But good to see Marty Lee and the Bucks get back there. A couple others from last week. Uh, Fletcher, 21. Sandalwood, 20. Good uh, win for them. The Senators and C4. Bradford, 21. Uh, Monroe, 7. First touchdown that Bradford has allowed this season. They have been a great story under Coach Jamie Rogers. Definitely. Bishop Kenny stays unbeaten, 35-0 over West Nassau. Beachside, how about that? They continue to win and took Coy Creek, the second-year school, 26-21 over Clay. I thought that was uh, the Toros' most impressive win of the season. They are 4-1, and one. so good start for those young St. John's County programs. And how about Palatka? Again, winning. They're 4-0 after a 36-0 win over Lake Weir. Patrick Turner and the Panthers really in uncharted territory. It has been a long, 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 long time, uh, really since Jim McCool left uh, Palaka back in the early 2000s as Palaka's had this good of a start. So good to see the Palaka Panthers in Putnam County keeping things uh, rolling down there. Okay, Sponge, everything has kind of gotten uh, put into the washing machine and swirled around this week. And what we've uh, had left with, with this week have just been two games. You see uh, one last night excuse me, one on Tuesday night, and uh, Menendez beat Gainesville 23-14. So two games in, in week six. Yeah. That's all we got, and most of everything has been pushed into next week. Um, so uh, really a full slate of games on Monday. You want to look at uh, what these Monday games mean. we got Tequoy Creek at Palaka, very good matchup yeah, there. Yeah, Tequoy's been hot, like yep. you just said, and then Palaka's off to 4-0 start. So that, that game's that's, that's a good-looking game right there that I think could have uh, some good potential. Yep. I, th- I think, uh, you know, Bowles is kind of taking it on the chin, man. Yep. Three three in a row. 
They've got to find themselves. You know, they're playing an Episcopal team that's 4-0, that's kind of uh, played good ball so mm-hmm. far. You know, so this would be a good check to see how good Episcopal is and if Bowles can get off the mat. I think I think Bowles can. You look at I, I do too. It, it's the first three game losing streak since the nineteen eighty eight season, yeah, that's which crazy. is that's, staggering. That's another staggering crazy stat, to me for sure. The year before Corky got there, so um, it has been a long time, and you blame a lot of that due to a injuries and uh, and b um, playing darn good teams. No, that that's really what it boils down to, in my opinion. Obviously, they've you know lost. You know what they lost from that team last year. You do have a banged up quarterback. You got some banged up players, all, mm-hmm. all, you know, all across that team. But when you're playing the schedule they played, you know, you go to Brunswick, you get Trinity, and then you play Benedictine. Mm-hmm. Like th- those are all three legit yeah, teams. That two are, of three defending state it, champs, it, 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 and yeah, a team so, that was eleven and zero going into a second that's playoff game that's, last that's, year. That's, that's a brutal stretch. So yes. uh, definitely, uh, I know that. They, they had to be like, man, this hurricane's going to ruin us to try to get off the, you know, try to get try to get a game in where we can get that that nasty taste out of our mouth. So, luckily, they're going to play on Monday night to try to take some aggression. Yeah, out Yeah, push uh, push that game, that district game back. And again, you know, yes, three losses in a row uh, for Bowles is concerning, but you know, two of those you play without your starting quarterback, and those two of those those last two games were against defending state champions. So, uh, not a again, it caused for concern, not really because again, you've not hit any of your district games so it's similar to niche you know you you have two district opponents um and to me bowls i think is still probably the class of of this yeah, district you I know so. episcopal four no but I, I do think bowls wins that game three or four touchdowns easy um and bishop kenny would be your next tightest team in that uh, in that district and um while bk has had a good season so far i do think bowls wins that game yeah, pretty handily too i, I agree so, um, not not cause now if Bowles g- comes out and is flat against Episcopal or loses to Bishop Kenny, okay, sound the alarm bells. But yeah. I don't think it's it's uh, it's in that situation yet. Very similar to me to Nice. Um, you've got two games against Palm. You got Palm Coast and Ponte Vedra. You got to win those games if you're Nice. So that's a two game season yeah. for you. It doesn't matter if you lose the other ones. Uh, if you can win those district games, you are in the playoffs and uh, you're you're dancing again. And that's where you had the most success last year so yeah a lot of uh, games shaken up this week um two other ones really that we don't get until later next week um bartram trail fleming island and oak leaf and creekside so those we alluded to it earlier that, that district is the crazy di- the district of so death <laughs> if you're creekside you've already got a district loss if you're fleming you've already got a district loss so if you lose a second game in that district yeah you're gonna have to pull an massive upset down the line by beating bartram trail or buholtz to really kind of get in that mix again so yeah. You hate to say must-win situation, but in that district, I think they the, really no, are. The, anytime, like it was kind of like Mandarin and Creekside last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like almost every one of those games is kind of must-win. I know it's you know a little bit premature to maybe say that, but you know if you already have a loss and you add that second one to it, you're kind of fighting uphill battle then. So it's play it that way. Mm-hmm. Play, play it as this is must-win. Our backs are against the wall. We can't lose. This is a semi-pre-playoff game. Mm-hmm. You know. That's the approach you should take, in my opinion, as as a staff and as a player on the field. You know, you, you got to look at we're in a must-win game, so let's play how we let's play how we should play. You know, win or go home. So I think both both of those matchups are nice too. You know, I, I want to see. I think Oakleaf de- definitely disappointing losing to uh, Childs after you had the big win against Fleming. Yeah. You know, so that's like, you know, I want to I want to prop them up. I want to put them up there, but you cannot lose a game like that. Yeah, after you two have and a big zero and win. four Childs as you know, well. So even know, the Childs have played a, a pretty good schedule. Um, but again, if you're Oakley, if you, you, you 
beat Fleming in a yeah, huge game and you come back down to earth. Un- yeah. yeah, very disappointing loss for Oakleaf um, when you want to take that next step. But nonetheless, you got a chance to get back. You're 1-0 in district if you're Marcus Miller and the Knights. And, um, again, a huge matchup next week, later next week on Thursday against uh, against Creekside. So, um, And then Fleming Island and Bartram Trail, that game is always a good one. Um, Fleming Island, you got to win. You're in a must-win situation now to prevent yourself from having to pull an upset down the line of, you know, of a, a, if you're Fleming Island, upset a Creekside, upset a Buholtz. You don't want to get into that situation. And if you lose your first two district games, that's a situation you're going to find yourself in. Yeah, so I didn't look at it. So both of those, basically all those teams have a had a, buy, a built-in buy last week? Yes. Or Friday? Yeah. That, that's crazy. So that's, every I team just, I just is, worked out to where they, is they, off this week. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and if you're Creekside and, and Oakleaf, you play on Thursday next week, and Bartram and Fleming are uh, had a did not have a bye, but Fleming actually had a game against Lake Mineola that it canceled gotcha. next week uh, to get that Bartram game in. So this was a huge district week, a bad week for a hurricane to come through. Again, no week is a, is a good week, but sure. uh, week six of the season is always a huge district week for teams, so at least we're going to see a lot of these games made up. Um, and just a, another big week of football, really, a, Two big nights of football next week, Monday night and Friday night. So we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. So before we go, let's uh, unveil our rankings, our top ten rankings. So um, for me, I'll start off this week. I've got two newcomers and no bowls this week in the rankings. I cannot remember a ranking that has not included bowls um, in a long time. So uh, this week I've got Bishop Kenny in at number ten. Haven't played that exceptionally tough schedule yet, but – Again, I like where Tim Krause and the team are headed. Um, I've got them at 10. I've got Bradford in at 9. Love what Jamie Rogers and the Tornadoes have done. They've get, kind of been on the outside, knocking on the door for me since uh, since that week one half of a performance against Baker County. Um, we've got Reigns at number 8. Fleming Island, they were, uh, they were off last week at number 7. Um, number 6 for me, I have got – who do I have at number 6? Ed White at number 6. Um, Number five, I'm drawing a blank on number five here. University Christian at number five. Um, number four is Creekside. Number three is – who do I have at number three here? Drawing a blank at number three. Number two, I've got Bartram Trail. And number one, I have Trinity Christian. So I have, I'm trying to think who you're uh, – Drawing a blank at number three for me. So um, I'll get back to number three for me in a minute. But, uh, Sponge, go down for your uh, for your top ten. You added two guys that I added, actually, in my ten, so we're kind of the same there. But I bet Trinity number one, Bartram two, Ed White three. I got Creekside at four just because I, I respect what they got going on. Right. Jack, Jackson, they got your boys, the Jackson Tigers at Jackson, number five. Jackson, that's who I meant. Oh, yeah. Jackson <laughs> at number three. There you go. I'm there you sorry. go. Uh, Fleming Island at six. Reigns at seven, University Christian at eight, and then I've got the two newcomers. You got Bradford and Bishop Kenny at nine and ten. Okay, so, good. Yeah. So my so like we're we're we're, we're fe- just about we're feeling, we're feeling those teams back in the back end uh, again. Like we said, Bishop Kenny five and zero. I respect the five and zero record. Now, when you, if you go beat Bowles, then you'll get much more respect. But you know the schedule has been kind of light in my opinion. So you've won your five games, which is good. Um, but I want to see a little bit more. That, that's the, that's where a spot where I would love to be able to put like a Mandarin, mm-hmm. a Columbia, you know, Oakleaf, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Now, I, now, now, granted, if Oakleaf and Bishop Kenny played Friday night, I'd probably pick Oakleaf. Yeah, but, I agree. But you know, you can't lose games to Childs, and you know, again, Lake City. To me, Lake City probably is a top ten yeah, worthy I, team, I but you can't be two and three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can't again having having a loss to Union County again as good as Union County is. 
still a 1A school, and Columbia should have won that game by three touchdowns. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, Columbia, to me, is a great three-loss team. Bowles, to me, is, is still a very good yeah. three-loss team. Uh, so, again, my top five since I since I might had a brain freeze. I uh, had UC at six, Ed White at five, Creekside at four, Jackson. I can't believe I forgot Jackson. I've been Jackson on the Jackson Tigers, train for baby. two years. Uh, they were coming off a bye. They are four and one. Remember, they started in week zero against Brunswick. They won four straight. Wanted to see them play Revolt this week. That was their district opener. Uh, Jackson at number three. I think the district championship is going to come down to to Reigns and Jackson here in October. Yep, definitely. Um, I, I don't think that's a stretch by saying that. Um, Bartram Trail at number two, and then Trinity at number one. So a lot of the same teams for for you and I, Sponge. I think mm-hmm. we're in agreement on kind of the outer teams looking in. I mean, again, a Columbia three losses. I don't think you can have a three loss team in when there's only been five weeks. Um, but I like Columbia there. I like Baldwin. Is probably yeah, that Baldwin's, they're creeping up four and one, man. Yeah, they, I think I, we did a, a kind of a ten A, B, and C, kind of just jokingly last week. But I've got Bishop Kenny would be a ten A. I think Baldwin would probably be a ten B for me. Yeah. Um, at this point, and um, you know, last week I had Oakleaf in that mix yep. at, uh, at that. But again, I you can't put a team like that. No, Oakleaf would, Oak would be in if they wouldn't have lost last week. Right. Yeah, I agree. Agree. So, and you've got the outer the outer teams like the Koi Creeks, the Palacas. Yeah, those guys are creeping just, in too. Let's see what they can do. Uh, you know, they'll keep winning and you'll get some love. I yeah, mean, they, just not there yet in terms yeah, of competition. Definitely, so, definitely. I do think Tekoi is probably uh, maybe not played as tough a schedule as Bishop Kenny because I think Bishop Kenny's got that first coast win and you know went over a tough but not tough on record wise Middleburg. Middleburg got its first win last week, but so I think BK has played a. Um, a significantly more difficult schedule than Tekoi at this point, but again, Tekoi Creek four and one, yeah, four and one, and, no. and Beachside three and one. So yeah. good starts for those guys. The newcomers. Um, looking forward to seeing what these teams that have started so well—the First Coast, Tekoi's, the Beachsides, the Palacas—do in this second half of the season schedule. This is kind of uh, kind of step up competition. See how you play in this uh, the second half of the season when these district bullets really start flying. So looking forward to seeing how some of those teams do that okay thanks for joining us on another hurricane uh inspired edition of the varsity podcast sponge franklin justin barney we will come to you next week and have a little bit of football to talk about uh, new football to talk about after a heavy slate of monday night football games thanks for joining us